Hey everyone, I know you've heard me speak about microdosing and how much I love it. And I'm talking about microdosing THC. I love it. And that's why I love our sponsor, microdose.com. Microdose gummies are incredible. They deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. And when I mean just the right amount of good, I mean in so many situations, anxiety, sleep, focus, pain, relaxation. There are so many different strains and they're really helpful. And I have recommended microdose.com to so many people. And you know what they say to me? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't be afraid of microdosing. Go to microdose.com and you'll learn all about microdosing THC. These gummies feel amazing. They taste amazing. I have used them to get me into the zone I need to write. I've used them at night after a stressful day or a stressful show to relax. I have also said to family members, please take a gummy right now. And they've said, oh, good idea. So check it out. Check it out because they're fantastic. And I'm not like a big weed person. I mean, I used to be. And I do enjoy, I do enjoy weed every now and then, but I love, I love these gummies and I take them with me everywhere. So check it out. Don't be afraid. They're all natural. They're fantastic. And you deserve it. So what are you going to do? You're going to do something that is fantastic. You're going to get 30% off your first order. 30% off. That's a lot. Plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Use promo code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. It's available nationwide. They deliver it to your door. That is microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold for 30% off and free shipping. Do it. Go to microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold. You deserve it. You deserve it. And you know what else? You're welcome. Welcome to Kill Me Now with Judy Gold. I am your host, Judy Gold. Thank you for being here. This week we have uh, part two of my interview with the hilarious, fun, I, I love this woman, Jackie Fabulous. I love her name. I love everything about her. So I hope you enjoy that. I know that this is the beginning of the end. Well, it's the end of the end of summer, which is um, kind of depressing. But look, we have the climate change, so it'll uh, stay warm. Anyway, I hope you enjoy. Uh, Sit back. Relax. And um, I hope you laugh. Laugh and think. Those are my two favorites. So you you work at Caltech in Pasadena and you got fired, but you had been doing stand up at night um, yeah. and you had taken this class. And after you got fired, we're like, I'm going for it. This and you it. got unemployment. 
I got the day I got fired. I remember I called David Arnold. He's a, a comedian. I, I love David of. Arnold. I have him written down. That guy. Uh, what did we do together? We did something together. He's so fucking funny, and his life is really hot. And he has. He's yep. just a great guy. I love that yeah. guy. If you talk was, to him, will you tell him I said hi? I will. I will. I he was like him. one of my. He was one of my involuntary mentors when I lived in Cali. I forced him when I met him. I'm like, oh, I need to have you coach right. me. I, uh, I called him the day I got fired. I remember I, I got fired. I remember, and I went to Macy's afterwards. I think. Oh, how I, Jewish of you! Yes. And I was, and I was shocked. I guess I was like, okay, time. I was sad. Right. So let me buy something. And I remember I called him, and he, and the first thing he said to me was, "Good, fuck that job. You don't want to be there." And and he said that. I remember I texted Rodney Perry, and he was like, "Good." And Ron, like I texted like three black male comedians because that's who I was always around. Right. They were all like, good. You don't want to be there. You're good. You, I, we all told you why you got this goddamn job. Right. So when Cal- but it, I, I see why you had the job. I mean, the fear from your parents yeah. of like not having or being. Yeah. Yes. And I have to work. And, you know, right. and, I, and I got unemployment for five years. Thank you, Obama, at the, the top limit. So I was okay, you know. Right. Even you it were, the, it's always tra- it's always devastating to get fired, but right. I needed it, you know. I find it fascinating that your supporters were black male comics for the most uh, part. Yeah, yeah, um, and I love that. And I feel like I had, you know, I had mentors like you know Susie Essman was really wonderful and and a guiding light, but I had mostly you know, women comics who I could go to who were going through the same shit and, and just that I was or yeah. had gone through the same shit. And I just, you know, I love that. And, and first of all, Chris Rock and I started about the same time. And I've, I've told the story multiple times on the podcast and when catch a rising star, which was the club on first, it was the club, you know, heard, yeah. they had before phones, they had backup comedians sit at the bar in case someone didn't show up on the weekend because there was no way for them to contact. They were stuck in traffic. The, the train <laughs> didn't work. And you would get paid 50 bucks to sit there in case someone didn't show up. And Chris Rock and I were the backups. And we used to sit at the bar. He, he's just the fucking great. I love that guy. Why can't I find anything on your relationship? Like the Will Smith thing. Um, you were friends with Will or no, 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 not friends. We I, I booked a show right with uh, him that, that he was producing and it was shot in Vegas. And when I went to do the show that I met him there and that's yeah. it. We had a very we had several conversations and a very cordial exchanges. And right. I, I decided from that meeting when I met him that I actually loved him because he was right. a real person. He is a real person. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know a, a friend of mine just read his book and said, it's just amazing, but it's just that, that other thing is just awful, you know, that know. he, whatever. Um, okay. I, I can't with that. It's a lot to unpack. I know it's hard to get into all that. It's stuff. just like that whole thing with, with mm-hmm. Will and Chris, you know, mm-hmm. it was just when I was, did you, I don't know if you watched it live. Yeah. I, no, I don't know. I, I didn't. I heard, I saw it and then I'm like, there's no fucking way. Oh, so lo- watching it. Yeah. So watching it live, I remember yeah. we were watching it with friends and it happened. He went up there and, and I knew immediately, I mean, I, cause I've known Chris for so long and I've been a comedian for so long. I knew immediately that was not planned. 
Yeah. And some people were like, oh, that was, and I'm like, no. And I got physically ill. I got physically ill. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Watching that, like this guy's doing a fucking stupid joke about a movie at a fucking, you know, award show about films, yeah. you, you know, and it, the first thing Chris said was over, uh, whatever the name of the movie was over, uh, the fuck is the name of the movie with the, uh, GI Jane. Yeah. He said, oh, over yeah. a GI Jane joke. Cause for a comic, it's about GI Jane. It's not about, you know, whatever. So that made you know, me sick to my stomach. And, and Will's apology that he did like mention that we all, I've heard that he, he's like, because of my history with Chris, so, you know, you know what part of this that no one ever understands or, or cares about or talks about is like when men have history and we don't know what the history is. Right. This shit could be so trifling and horrible or yeah. just silly. And we don't know what triggered Will to be like, I got to handle this now. Like we probably snap blacked out. Right. Yeah, that's a blackout. It's also, yeah. It's also that's their go. Like, I know I have two boys, you know. Conflict resolution is beating the shit out of your brother. You know, yeah. that's what it is. Like, fuck you. And I'm like, stop, you know, stop it. Yeah. Just get yeah. more women. And we're like, let's talk it out. Let's just yeah. it in the feelings. Um, <laughs> I love this. But you end up. Oh, yes. I wrote David Arnold mentor. And and it was interesting that you said after you got fired and they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was something that you missed about having a day job, which was the structure of having getting up and knowing what you were going to do for eight hours because you would get up and do your shit for eight hours. But then you would go out. Then you had another life. But you were a not bored. And obviously, I know as someone who worked for a little while before I, I you're thinking about something else at work all day long. You're thinking about, yeah. Oh, when I get on stage, when I get on stage, so you have something exactly. to look forward to. You know what I used to love when I would have like hot ass shows on the weekend yeah. and go to work on Monday. And they're like, how was your weekend? And in my head, I'm like, you have no fucking idea. Yeah, I know, right? was unreal. Yeah. And they're <laughs> like, and you're like, what did you do? And they're like, Oh, um, we planted, uh, some basil? tomato plants and basil yeah. in the garden. <laughs> And we watched. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I was at a club and I met this one and I worked with that. I know. I know. Yeah. Um, so you uh, you then went on last. La was it? Uh, what's the fucking last, show? Last, last comic, comic standing. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I was eliminated during the commercial break. I know. I love it. But here's the thing. <laughs> I don't like I don't like uh, competitions around comedy because oh, it's yeah. such it's such a subjective thing. You know what I mean? You know what's funny? And this is and this is probably the only time it'll be a public story. Um, I remember I did it. I got critiqued by Roseanne and Keenan Harvey Wayans and Norm MacDonald. Uh, rest in peace. And I was livid, still livid, of, of, because of Norm MacDonald's um, critique of me. And it's probably on tape somewhere. I don't know. But when I was done with my set, Roseanne was like, I love her. Blah, 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 blah. And Norm said, I'm not sure what you were talking about, but I think you're gorgeous and I want you to come back. That is so objectifying. There is a tape. I want. I can't because. Oh, there, you can find that. You can find that. And I was. And I. And I. At the time, I was so outside of my mind. Like I'm on TV. I'm not really here, but I'm here. And Keenan was like, "You came out here with a lot of swag and blah blah blah." They both put me down for being confident. Right. Right. You know, I made the audience laugh, and Roseanne was like, "She's great. What's the problem?" You know, like well, let's go on. Isn't so, it incredible? Isn't it fucking incredible it that unreal. they that they objectify? You're not a com like. Look, I st when I started, it was like this was my intro. Our next comic 
is female. She's a woman comic. Like, oh, oh, and, and I've told this story a million times as well, but then I would get on stage and say, that was our MC. He's male. He has balls and a cock. He has a penis. He pees standing. Like, I just give it right back to them. But it's so off-putting when they're judging you and objectifying you. And Roseanne, the only female, is like, she's funny. That's all that matters is she's fucking funny. And they're like, she's pretty. And you have confidence. Fuck you. He didn't get talking about how much swagger I had. And I, and I, must, I was and you like, deserve to have fucking swagger. Fuck you. A lot of guys don't like when women have too much confidence. I they know. How long have they been doing it? And I'm right. Like, Eat a dick, all y'all. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Um, okay. <laughs> you have talked about... Oh, so, yes, I getting eliminated over the on the commercial break, which... <laughs> and it reminded me, I did Chopped All-Stars. Yeah. And I don't know if you felt like this, but so we did the... Um, on the Food Network, and it was me, Layla Ali, Joey Fatone, and um, Johnny Weir, mm-hmm. and uh, they had the the, um, the appetizer where you open the basket, and, the, yeah. and I, of course, my food tasted great. I got eliminated for presentation. I'm the mother of two boys. I'm not fucking. I'm you know look like I'm not, I'm not gonna get parsley in yeah. the yeah. plate. Right. So meanwhile, Johnny Weir, who's never cooked in his life, doesn't even season the chicken, but has flowers and and he fucking doesn't get eliminated. Okay, And I got eliminated after the first thing. And I remember I I had PTSD. I had chopped PTSD. (laughs) Getting eliminated is so. What isn't it just especially when you know you're qualified You're like, look, people. You and, guys, give me at least round three for fuck's right. sake. Were you devastated and couldn't say anything? I was. Yeah. I remember I was devastated and I was told to, I, they made me come back that Friday and go to full hair and makeup in yeah. case there was a wild card spot because Wanda Sykes and paid her with They were the producers, paid her yeah. with And they were like, Jackie, come back on Friday because this is clearly, we thought you'd last a little longer than that. I came back on Friday and they were still like, nope. So I'm like, okay, y'all just see Wanda and Paige know exactly what's up. Okay. Yeah. And I like, love them. They fucking minute. rock. Yeah. And Paige is another one who has, you know, got, she was a stand up. The best producers are stand up, are people who, and the best club owners are people who have been on the fucking stage know. and know exactly what it's like. And Every so time I Paige, I'm like, you want to go do a set? She's like, Jackie, yeah. I am not a comic. I'm like, yes, you are. Yeah. Forever. I don't give a shit yeah. what you do. And Wanda's the fucking, I just fucking love her. Anyway, and that's funny that you, so they thought, oh, we're going to have, because they knew your talent. And it's yeah, same, like, same with Chopped. The next, in the entree portion, they open the basket and there's matzah in there. So they thought I was going next, matzah. Um, <laughs> they thought I was not going to be eliminated, the producers, because <laughs> they put matzah in and none of those people knew what the fuck to do with matzah. I would have made matzah bright, but yeah. whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, I remember I, I texted and relied a lot on Tony Baker because he was on the show with me. Yeah, I was. He, he talked me down from like all this sadness and depression. And he's like, who? He was like, you. This is what you do. Fuck this show. Yeah, it's so, just like three fucking people. Two of them are not a pretty. Yeah. Hey everyone, you know what I just did? I tore. I poured. And I enjoyed a packet of Liquid IV because I love Liquid IV. Liquid IV is a major part of my life. 
And I just worked out with my trainer and I had a delicious lemon ginger liquid IV. That one has a little extra. That has a little green tea in it. And so that's a little caffeinated. So I enjoy that because I needed it today. And you know, it's getting warmer out. And what does that mean? Summer. Oh God, please come. It can't come soon enough. And that means you have to hydrate. And that's what liquid IV does. It hydrates you with benefits like electrolytes, vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients. And it has three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in one little stick. And that's why Liquid IV is the number one powered hydration brand in America. Okay? And I love it. I use it every day. Ben's basketball team uses it. It is a science-backed formula that works. It keeps you hydrated. And they have sugar-free. They have sugar-free packets in white peach, green grape, raspberry melon, and lemon lime. Okay? I didn't do the sugar-free. Okay. But Elisa does the sugar-free. So what are you going to do? You're going to stay hydrated because it's very, very important. And Liquid IV has been a longtime sponsor, and I love them. And they are a quality product. And this is what you're going to do. You're going to turn your ordinary, ordinary, can't speak, turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration with Liquid IV. Get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use code JUDYGOLD at checkout. That's J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code JUDYGOLD, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, can't even say my name, at liquidiv.com. Got it? You're welcome. (laughs) You then went on America's Got Talent. Um, Yes. Which I can't believe you would do that after that fucking experience. The year before I did EGT, I remember I was like, my uh, producer from the show was like, you want to come audition for the producer is, you know, right to it. And I'm like, I, and I was like, I don't want to do reality. I, I told myself yeah. never do a contest again. So I did the audition in Pasadena and I phoned it in. And of course, nothing happened. The following year, I was like, all right, the show is clearly a big deal. Right. <laughs> let me let me hit him up and be like, can I try again? So right. I, they say, OK, send us a video. They go, OK, just come back and do the show. I'm right. like, audition? like, no, just come do it. You're clearly a pro. So they made me get over the stigma of, you know, don't don't do a contest again. Because they were so they wanted me so bad. They, they were so right. like, please come. Right. You're, you're clearly so you funny. felt you felt um, welcome. I felt welcome. right. And validated. Yeah, and exactly. Even though it's a, you know, I'm competing against poodles and horses and shit. Right. It's, but <laughs> it's but so I know. But that feeling of going into hair and makeup at last comic standing like, oh, well, we're going to prep you for rejection for a yeah, possible rejection. I, I so remember fucking, the, Yeah, it's so fucking soul crushing. You know, it's funny that you you wanted to be a lawyer because Jillian on Ryan's Hope had such an ego. And here you are in this fucking every night. You don't know what the fuck you're going to feel like after you say, yeah. all right. I, is it just? Do you, I want last comic standing to come back. Do you? Uh, why? Why wouldn't it come back now? Wouldn't it be a good time now? I, I guess so. I just wish they would be fucking nicer. You know, there's gotta yeah. be a. I don't know, but people are just so fucking mean. Anyway, so uh, you then go on America's Got Talent, and Simon comes on stage. 
Yeah, I'm still shocked about that. <laughs> and he hates stand up, right? He doesn't. He's not a big stand up person. Everyone told me prior. Everyone there and backstage who like didn't work there but kind of worked there. They were like, I don't know if you know this, but we um, Simon doesn't like comedy. And I'm like, and it's he, always a nice thing to say before you're going. And on I was stage. like, why have I been told this six times? Right. Like, what, does he not laugh ever? I've seen him laugh. Right. So I so I just I took that like I do every other show. I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to do do this set. So I went out there and did it. And I was surprised how happy he was. But I but I because even though it's him, you know what your power is. And I know how I know. I know that I'm going to disarm whomever is out there, whether right. I run right. around to I'm going to be funny. You can tell me to go home, but I'm but right. you can't tell me I'm not funny. So I wasn't right. worried about that. So I was right. You can't take that shit away from me. That, but I love when me. I heard you in an interview say it was really you really just want to be, be validated by um, Howie because he's a comic. And yeah, yeah. and he, and he did. He said, you're fucking funny. I mean, there was what who was the judge? The model judge who just didn't get comedy, who was on that. And Heidi Klum, she's on it now. Oh, fuck. You can't have someone without. Yeah. All right. Whatever. Everyone, everyone like Jackie, not that you're not great, but to your credit, you had two American women when you did your season. Where now they have two women who are not American and they might have been little. But I also, but women, like you said before, once my philosophy, when I perform in any club or any room, once I get the women to laugh, the set is done. Right. You're done. You have them on your side and you, and your comedy is so based in, you know, it's, it's truth and it's positive. It's like, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. Fuck you if you don't yeah. like it. And that's what I love about it. And, and I think women are like, yeah, it's empowering yeah. to women. You know, yeah. it is. OK, you get on America's Got Talent, which kind of got you so much road work. Um, oh, yeah. Right before yeah. the pandemic. Yeah. yeah was- right before the pandemic. And you you talked about I heard you talk about being alone on the road and how horrible it is, which I've also talked about on the yeah. podcast about, you know, but you're lucky you have a computer, you have FaceTime. I know listeners shut up, but we had nothing. We had no phone. We had no computer. Uh, I would bring books and my clarinet. And um, I, I, swear to God, I had one suitcase that was a junk drawer just to entertain me. Um, you couldn't use this, the phone in the hotel. It was too expensive. Like it was so isolating. Wow, a different world. Okay. I wanted to throw up. Like I, if I actually sat here and went back to, and weeks, two weeks, three weeks, not interacting with people except at the fucking club, you know, and yeah. being the only woman because there was never another woman on the show. And it was just fucking nauseating. So I get it. But I also think you're lucky that you're on the road at this point where you can have interaction. Everything. I have all kind yeah. of entertainment. <laughs> yeah. Um, you move back to New York because you're bored in L.A., which yeah. I, I love. Another, happened. Just left. Yeah. You just left you, you're, and you start and your career's just about to boom. What, your father dies. Is it right before you moved back? He, um, he died five years ago. So right five years. Two, I wrote I wrote prior. 2000. Yeah. yeah, 17. OK, I tried to figure it out from. Uh, now, you know how bored I was like and I never said this on. But I guess I should start being more honest. I let I let Toyota repo my car. That's how much I wanted to leave. I, I, I Wow. I was, I paid them no problem. I made enough money to pay that car note. But I was like, I had, I was just so, I was auditioning for everything. Big shit. Not booking anything. So I just felt like whatever I was, just, I was a regular to every club in LA. 
but I was also not getting it. I wasn't becoming a better comic. I was very right. complacent and no discredit to LA, but sometimes I would do shows and I'm like, I'm tired of being like the funniest one. Right. I shouldn't be. And I'm like, if I'm always, if I'm finding that more often than not, like the audience is like, you were the best one. You were the best. I'm, I'm in the wrong club. Right. I'm around the wrong comics. I'm not getting better. I'm, I'm just coasting. So I'm like, I, I'm not going to lie. 90% of the reason why I moved back to New York is I wanted to become a better comic. And if I didn't have the seller with open arms, like, oh, come, come to us. I probably wouldn't have moved back the way I did. But I'm like, I have a place to work. Right. I have a home to live in. I can, I'm, I can, I'm you, I know the trains. I don't have to have a car. Right. I let everything go. And as soon as I came back, everything that I kind of wanted started to happen. So. It's, it's amazing because people always ask me, Young comics. Oh, I'm going to go to L.A. I'm going to go to L.A. And I go, Okay, well, what's your goal? Do you want to be a great comic or do you want to, you know, be in TV and, you know, and they're like, no, I want to be a good comic. I said, the only place. Is New York audiences don't let you get away with anything. The seller, Esty, will not. I I fucking love Esty. I just want to say I love you. too. I've known her since. Oh my God, 35 years. I started working there in 1987. Okay. Esty is the <laughs> fucking queen. And and Noam and that place is is a true I, I don't I don't even know how to it's like my home. It's like home. It's like even on the days when you know you're just you know, you just got rejected and you know, and then you walk in there and you're like, oh, this is what it's all about. You know, it's a fam yeah. it's it's I can't, I don't even know what to say. It's like my family. I know. Um, yeah. And so thank and you. Liz too. Shout out to Liz. Oh, too. fucking Liz is the fucking best. Liz, Liz is very odd. I fucking love you. Love Liz. She is the best. Liz is the fucking queen as best. I love her more than anything. And I love that everyone's afraid of her. She, oh, I was about to say, it's my favorite thing when comedians are like, I think Liz hates me. I know. I Liz love don't it. give a fuck about, fuck about you. you, you motherfucker. <laughs> she doesn't give a shit. <laughs> They're all afraid of Esty and Liz. And it's fucking great. I'm like, um, I love them. They're the, the sweetest women. Why are y'all scared? Because they're they just, them. you know what? They're fucking what? strong, smart women. Liz is the fucking, uh, uh. Thank you I for bringing it. up Liz because now yeah. she can fucking kill me. Anyway, <laughs> so you moved to New York City, uh, October mm-hmm. 2019. How did your um, so your father died? Did you come back for the funeral? How I did, did. You- I, I came back for a month in June when he passed away for the funeral, and then I went, I went on and right back. And was, was it like, what? How's how did your mother deal with that? And your aunt Shirley and your oh, sister. I, I remember when. I got the phone call, of course, at the crack of dawn, which is the worst call to get from your family. Right. Was it, was it, were you expecting it or it was? No, I remember it was about, it was about between one and 3 a.m. And my aunt called me and said that he was, uh, had blood clot and he went to the hospital and he didn't make it. And then she knows, but my aunt always sounds like somebody died. She's a very (laughs) sad sounding woman. She always has this voice of, oh, Jackie, Lord, I'm, that's her. Right. Oh, you got to put that in your act. Oh, I do. I do. All right. Good. And then my mother got on the phone. The first thing my mother said, I remember to this day, she said, Jackie, I just don't know. Her first word. And I'm like, and that's when I realized it wasn't my, it was my dad who passed, but we weren't close. It was her husband, her life, her best friend of 50 years who died. So that's when I realized, oh, this is big for me, but it is the world for her, my mom and my aunt, because he was their hero. So, yeah, it was a, it was a, but he also, 
not but, and he had Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. It progressed really quickly. And I could tell when he passed, like I saw him maybe a few months before he passed. I could tell that he was ready and on his way and preparing because he had taken my mother to teach her how the car worked, teach her how things. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He did all that. He gave, I, I remember he had a really, he had a really gigantic what? gold ring that I wear all the time. And I took it and I'm like, can I have it? And he was like, you know what? You can have it now. And I, and I remember to this day, he, I'm like, he was giving shit away. He was, he knew. He knew. He knew. That's he knew. so nice of him to do that for your mother because there's yeah. so many women of that generation who knew nothing and know yeah. nothing. Yeah. Um, so your father dies. You then in 2019, October of 2019, you move back to New York and you live in your room that you grew up in, in the Bronx with your mom and your aunt. What does your sister do? My sister is a, she just got her master's in social work from Hunter College. Wow, smarty pants. Yeah, so she's in her own apartment about two miles from us. She's working. Oh, she's doing oh really I love her. Her life, yeah. And my aunt lives in the apartment downstairs. So in the main house with a two bed, two whatever, is me and my mom. So oh. it's, a, it's a lot of space. But, you know, and I would be more inclined to live there if she would let me make room for me, but it's a shrine to my dead dad. It's khaki right. everywhere, trucker hats everywhere, right. his suits. I'm like, if you would let me throw all this shit away or give it she away. She can't let go. She can't Whatever. let go. So there's no room for me there emotionally or physically. That's too bad. <laughs> you know, my I find it interesting, you know, the Jews, I'm a Jew, um, yeah. you know, they bury right away because you're supposed yeah. to remember. I love that. The, get them, the get them off. Yeah, get them by your dead you're gone and you remember the person as they were when they were alive. But yeah, I remember, you know, my mother got rid of his stuff pretty quickly or in a, in a normal amount because psychologically you have to move on with your life. You can keep some things, but yeah, you can't walk into a house of a person who's been dead for, you know, my mother's not a rational person. So that's who she is. So, but you know, to each his own. Um, in her 80s, so fucking do what you want. Yeah. So you um came back. You have been working nonstop. Uh, right. You do motivational speaking. I love that your mother's favorite comics are Kathy Griffin and Chris Rock. I remember um, she was like, she's like, they're funny, Jackie. When I told her I wanted to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, love that. She's got a good taste in comedy. Very good taste. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Hey everyone, did you know that Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the United States with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the United States? And I'm one of them. You're listening to one of them. Fast Growing Trees has everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and your space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever, forever. I just want you to know that I just got off a plane and I walked in my apartment. What was the first thing I did is I came in and said hi to Avi, my fig tree. I'm telling you, and I have Yael, which is another plant, but Fast Growing Trees has changed my atmosphere here in my apartment. You don't need a lot of space, but they do have, you know, 
They have stuff for outdoor spaces. But I live in an apartment, and I'm telling you, Avi and Yael, yes, they're both Jewish names, Hebrew, the space looks so much better. And I just had a conversation with Avi. Like, I was like, I missed you. I love having living things here. It's very, very, I don't know, it's made this more of a home. It's the best. And Elisa has some too. And she loves them. And she talks to them too. But she got that from me. Anyway, check out Fast Growing Trees. You need to be around plant life. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code JUDYGOLD, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code JUDYGOLD at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code JUDYGOLD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. You're welcome. I have a couple questions. Were you really arrested for stalking? Not for stalking, but for gun possession. (gasps) Tell, tell. Well, I was 18 and I was 18. Me and my girlfriend, 18. We got in our guy friend's car, another 18 year old innocent dude. But he made an illegal left turn. Oh, sorry. He we went joyriding in his new uh, Nissan Maxima, black, mm. the little boxy, little boxy yeah. one. Yeah. And we're driving. I'm in the front and the passenger girlfriend's in the back. He stopped to let his boy in the car to, to continue the fun. But, but he made an illegal left turn and that made the cop stop us. But then when the cop stopped us, the guy he let in freaked out because he had a gun on him. We didn't know. Took the gun out of his person and put under the seat of the car. Yeah. But because to do that, his head disappeared from the window. Oh, boy. So the cops were like, everybody got to get out now. We got to see what's going on. And they searched the car and the law in New York, I don't know where else, but when there's a weapon in the car, everybody got to get arrested. Right. And we'll figure out later. Oh, my God. So you got arrested. And then who did you call? I, well, oh, they, I, I got arrested. We got brought to the precinct and then I called my family. And they, what were they like? Freaking out? Actually, we got bought to the precinct, but I didn't see my family until the arraignment. So it was me, and, but I was lucky though because I had my girlfriend. They, they kept us together the whole time. So, and I remember to this day because I had her, we were of course crying for the first eleven, thirteen right. hours. But then at some point, the crying stopped, and we started joking around because we're <laughs> yeah, like, exactly, we're what else like, going to do? We're here, and I remember we were in this cell. They moved us from the cell alone, me and her to the major cell where all the girls were. And this one this one guard kept coming around to do a head count. Yeah. And I remember Audrey, the girlfriend with me, she was like, who the fuck? Who are we going? Are we going <laughs> between these bricks? Bitch, we are here. You keep doing a head count every hour. <laughs> we're like, how is security here? It must be horrible because people are leaving. Where the fuck are we going? So I, and we, I remember to this day, we were joking around. We we're like, clearly this is it. So were you scared with the other women or were you making them laugh? No, I don't think, I don't know if I was making them laugh, but I wasn't scared. I was kind of, oh, <laughs> I was kind of, this is what it is, you know, and who's leaving? Yeah, that's I was hilarious. a head count. And we're like, bitch, the same people are here. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. I've never um, thought that until now i love (laughs) (laughs) what did you wear were you in your regular clothes i was wearing a peach rayon short set a a (laughs) t-shirt it was peach and rayon and i had the hirachi's leather sandals 
and my hair was probably like this because I always oh had my hair the funny. same way. And I remember I was sitting. And you had the nails? Did you have the nails? Oh yeah, I was all girly. I was, my, I was in a summer outfit, and I was sitting on the edge of the of the bench. And I remember the men came in, and you know, the men could see us because why not have them see all the right. women and make it more comfortable? And one guy walked past us and said, "One guy walked past me and said, he said, baby girl, what you in here for? <laughs> I look so cute. <laughs> I remember." Did you answer him? I didn't say a word. I oh, was like, God. I'm not going to explain shit to you. I want to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell the girls why I'm here. Right. Man, keep it moving. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um, okay. Uh, you have said that you love comedy more than anything. I am same. And I... And what's funny is Elisa, my girlfriend, because I, you know, I do so much research and then I'll watch your sets and stuff. And so she was watching you and she's laughing. And there was one thing where you said, I love comedy more than, you know, having a relationship more than, you know, and, and she's like, um, but that is the sign. I'm just whispering because she's upstairs. But that is the sign of a true comic. It's true. I couldn't live with that. You know, I could not live without being able to get on stage and make people laugh. You know, I made my guy so like worried the other day. The other day we were at his house and I was bored. You know what I mean? And I was and I said to him, I'm going to go to the cellar. And he was like, you don't have you're not booked tonight. I said, yeah, but that probably put me up. And I want to go hang out and just, I don't want to be right. here. I'm bored. And he didn't understand, like, I had some place to go. Right. Every day. If I'm right. bored, I can just go anywhere, probably anywhere besides the cellar and go do a set. And they don't, they don't understand that feeling. I want to be around people like me sometimes. Right. And we talk differently, to, you know, than to each other. We we speak differently. We're, had, what are you I've laughing had, at, Dar? I have not heard you laugh this much on uh, podcast oh he told a story of (laughs) being in jail because and and the outfit she wore and it's okay so elisa who goes upstairs when i do my podcast yeah just said i've never (laughs) because the vision of you sitting there in that fucking outfit and the head count um yeah okay thank you elisa (laughs) whatever um I love that you say your flaws are fabulous. Yes, um, I, I love you know, you're going to have catchphrases to try and get a career. <laughs> oh, but uh, it's true. Like, OK, yes. so I'm a big woman. You're a big woman. Um, we take up space, which is also the the reason guys are intimidated by us, because, you know, you have these petite women with big mouths. They don't take up physical space, but we take up physical space and we have big mouths. Um, And I'm usually wearing something that's glow in the dark. Yeah, right. And I just (laughs) fucking love that about you. And I love that you empower other women. I love that you talk to women um, about, you know, just being confident. Oh, shut up. We got the look at this. This is how Laura, Laura, our producer in the chat. Well, this is amazing. 
We need to start wrapping up. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Laura. You think I don't know what time it is? I don't think you know what time it is because you're so wrapped up in this amazing conversation. And it wasn't a smiley face. It was a heart. Oh, I don't know what it is. It doesn't come out. It looks like a fucking, you know, parentheses in a fucking line. Okay. I will, I will, I will, I'm going to tell you to shut the fuck up. All right. Yeah. What? I will, I will admit, though, I've had a low key crush on you forever because you're never around long. You're always like, hey, guy, bye. And then you're gone again. I rarely get to, I never spend time with you longer than a five minute. Oh. You're so tall. You're this statuesque, amazing talent. Oh, I've loved you for years. Jackie, I love you for that. Um, I know I leave because I'm like, old now. You're like, a, you're like a tornado. You come in, you're like, all right, this is what's going on. And bye. <laughs> I do. I just appear and disappear. But, you know, thank you. That means a lot. Um, I, I just love you. I, I loved you when I first saw you. I love your I love and people love you. Other comics love you, which is huge huge y-u-g-e um likability i would say is 85 percent of my career people underestimate how likability almost is more important than talent (laughs) well likability because also then you get away with saying shit you know what i mean if they don't like you you can't get away with half the shit you want to say you can't be like here's my abortional story right right what's going on yeah no sorry (laughs) um all right I love you. I'm not, I'm going to hang out more. I'm going to, but I've been in Provincetown. I'm writing a show. Um, I'm writing, I, you know, I wrote this book about free speech. Um, and then I'm doing a solo show based on the book. So I've been, I'm here writing. Always busy. That's why I look up to you also. You always uh, find a way to have a job. Yes. This is what I've learned in the 40 fucking years I've been doing. You have to reinvent yourself. You have to create content when you are a fucking woman and when, you know, you have to make the opportunities for yourselves. And so I wrote that book and then um, I'm going to do a solo show based on the book and then I'm still doing stand up here. And it's just like, yeah, it's about being creative and that I share that, that, you know, I'm not going to be bored. I'm going to do something creative I remember years ago, um, Kathy Griffin, when she had her show, she was like, I have, she said, you have to have your hand in all the fires. Right. They're like, why? Because I'm a woman. Right. That's why. I said that years ago. I remember. You got to go look. There's a, there's a, an interview with Joan, Alan King interviews, Joan Rivers. Um, it's, uh, it's at the, I saw it at the Museum of Broadcasting, but I think you can get it online. And she's, and she's in her fifties when, when he, she gets interviewed and he's like, you're a legend, you're this, you have everything. And she goes. No one wants a woman over 50. Like you have no fucking idea. And the ageism plus the misogyny plus the racism plus the homophobia. It's just, it's like, go fuck yourself, you know? And all these, I love these white guy comics now who are like, I was about to say that. Then they yeah, put them on the yeah, it's really hard for me right now. It's really hard. You don't know what it's like to be. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, I'm so sorry. No one wants to hear your fucking stories about jerking off to porn with your Xbox, you fucking asshole. Every okay. time they're like, oh, white guys, they don't want white guys right now. I'm like, you're right. Go to fuck. Go to yeah. hell. Yeah. <laughs> fuck you. Um, okay. I asked my podcast guests two questions. Ready? And I, I just yes. want to say, I know that it is three hours earlier for you. The fact that you have false eyelashes on, full makeup. Oh, no, it's their extensions. Okay. Oh, I got to get that. Get them and they last for a All while. Right. But yeah, okay, whatever. I, I, I was asleep when you 
I was asleep. It's 8 30. Oh, that's nice. I know, but but, what I, the fuck? but it's Judy. Wake up. Wow. Okay, these are the two questions I ask. Number one. Yes. What do you do? We're very pro mental health. I have depression, anxiety, OCD, and ADHD. <laughs> what do you do for your mental health? Go. Honestly, currently, a lot of sex. I, I when I lived in LA, I was not active. I didn't have a lot of sex when I was in LA because it was hard for me to lock it down. I'm engaged now, and my guy fuck constantly. It's amazing. It's changed my life. Oh my god! No one have, has ever said I just fuck my boyfriend for I'm my. I I, 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 I didn't have sex a lot in Cali. I'm my. I have the most underutilized vagina in the history of females. Okay, so, that's not true. Have you met some of the elderly lesbians? Here in Provincetown. Okay. <laughs> that is fucking hilarious. Yeah, a lot so of sex. sex. So um no meditating or exercising, just oh. fucking. Uh yeah, a lot of sex. So that sex is making me lose weight. And sex and meditation, I pray a lot. I pray a oh, lot. Oh, I love that. And I need quiet time. I'm I'm, a, I'm one of those like Amy Schumer with you know the, the extrovert introvert. Yeah. I'm same. extroverted when I have to be, but then I gotta turn all that shit off. Uh, same. And I will sit in the corner oh, at a party for three hours and watch it. Have a great time. Same. You yeah. know, uh, it's like I've I've been to parties and people are like tell the host, um, you know, Judy wasn't really funny at the party. She was just I sitting there. So. And I'm like, I'm not Irritating. a fucking clown. Know, right. Yeah. And I, it's true. You want to come home and just be, yeah. And just be yeah. and watch. Normal. Yeah. And yeah. When, when I'm around anyone who wants me to be on, I'm like, this is the last time I'm going to hang out with you. Cause I can't. Yeah, exactly. And also when they're like, Hey, or they come on, they act on around you and you're like, Oh, shut the fuck what up. Doing? Fuck you. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. And the last question. Now I call the podcast kill me now because I, I get pissed over everything. Like I have a, I mean, you know, you've seen my act like the stupidest things make me so fucking angry. Yeah. So, uh, what pisses you off more than anything in the entire, like makes you fucking crazy. Mean people. It really drives me insane because I realize more now than ever is that life is so short. Right. People who are negative, people who complain a lot, uh -huh. people who people who talk about themselves incessantly and just really oh, oh narcissistic. Yeah. Yeah. And then that kind of thing. And I've been accused of being, you know, like, I don't know. I'm friendships have been hard for me of late because the older I get, the more I this is why you couldn't find anything about me. I don't talk about myself that much. I don't right. like I prefer performing and right. podcast every now and then. So, you know, I'm just I, I mean, people really, really make me sad. And I and I realize that it but I'm learning though, that it's not because they want to be mean. a lot of them because of how they were raised. They don't really know how to be nice. But I'm I'm really big on at this point in my life being nice all the time, every day to everyone. Yeah, you have to be. And also be. So easy. I know. And it, it's funny uh, because you you hit 50. I think 50 is a benchmark where you're like. Go fuck yourself. Like, I don't care anymore. I don't care what you think of me. I don't care what you think of my jokes, my act. Go. F I because I've heard it all. You know, yeah. nothing you say to me is going to hurt me anymore. And nothing because, has mattered when I, come, right. when I come pay my bills. I'm like, no one I've ever heard say shit is in my checkbook right now. And I right. got to pay the bills myself. Right. Right. So none of that matters. And when you're on stage, this is the most solo job you can have. That's right. And there, in control. No one there. Right. And you're in control and you're controlling yep. the laughter and go fuck yourselves. Yep. <laughs> that should be the name of your goddamn podcast. Yeah. Go fuck go yourself. Fuck yourself. <laughs> Wait, Laura, we have to change the name to go fuck yourself. 
What do you think? We can't do that. Fuck in the title. Okay, whatever. Like, go fart yourself. Go fart yourself. Yeah, you can't say anything anymore. Anyway, (laughs) Jackie, thank you for waking up. Thank you for doing this. For having me. I love you. I can't wait to see you in New York. I'll be back in a couple weeks. I'm going to hang out. We're going to have dinner at the cellar. The two of us are going to make take up a lot of space. Yes. And we're going to fucking talk and everyone can go fuck themselves. <laughs> I can't. I can't wait to hug your tall ass when I see All right. you. I can't wait. Thank you so much for listening to part two of Kill Me Now with the one and only Jackie Fabulous. Kill Me Now is produced by Laura Vogel, edited by Colin Schmeling. This podcast would not be possible without the uh, aid, help, and dedication of Brittany Joe Sowards. If you um, have not subscribed or left a review, like really go fuck yourself at this point because I really need you to do that because five stars only, please. Because it helps more people find the podcast. And that way I can do it longer because I actually love doing it, even though it's an, a shitload of work, but I don't make any money. But I could pay my expenses if you would fucking subscribe and leave a review. That's how I talk. That was my mother, by the way. But like in a weird mood because she really talked like this. Anyway, um, so thank you for listening. If you are in the Rehoboth, the Delaware area. I am performing at the Rehoboth, Camp Rehoboth Gala on September 3rd, which is the Saturday night of Labor Day. And you should get your ass there because it's going to be so fucking fun. So much entertainment, so much fun. Also, I uh, will be at the City Winery in Philadelphia on September 17th. City Winery in Philly on September 17th. So I need you to get all of your asses there in the seats so you can laugh because we need to fucking laugh. Okay, so that's all I have to say. I don't know how that mother orange motherfucking piece of shit is not in jail. I really don't. I mean, like, anyone else. I I just don't get it. I don't understand. It's really driving me up a wall, a crazy, but I'm trying not to be angry, 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 but it's really hard not to be angry. And especially watching these people win their primaries who are dumb, racist, homophobic, misogynistic. I just xenophobic, dumb, dumb, and dumber and dumbest. So that's our country now, people. So I hope you enjoy it. Um, Have a wonderful, wonderful end of the summer, even though it's really not the end of the summer because it's going to be hot, hot, hot for a long, long time. Yeah. So recycle. And uh, thank you for listening. I really do appreciate it. I love all of you. Anyone who's listening to the end, I love you the most. You know, I just want to say that this show will begin this podcast will begin airing on um my mother's what would be my mother's hundredth birthday so this this week's podcast is dedicated to my mother um as are all of my podcasts uh dedicated to my mother because she was one of our first guests she was actually on the first few episodes of the podcast And so I want to wish her a happy 100th birthday, even though she's not here. 
to celebrate it and she'd probably be miserable. She'd probably be like, I can't believe I'm a hundred. So happy birthday, mom. And as we always say, so long.